If you'll turn your Bible, please, with me today to the book of Acts, chapter number 2. If you would, please, Acts, chapter number 2. I honestly believe that Satan has an agenda. And I honestly believe that we've passed the time of bombs and radicals to destroy the church and the family. I think there is a more suave, underhanded, calculated attempt to change the culture in America. I honestly believe that the culture of America was underwritten and foundationed on the Bible. Christian principles and Christian values. Someone has said morality is to choose to do right when we have the freedom to do wrong. Would you agree with that? Legislated morality is nothing but communism. Free volition morality is Christianity. And we've seen a deterioration in our culture, in our church, and in our nation. A sly, little by little. Chipping away at the value system of America society and culture. We've seen it through Hollywood, the demeaning of the father, Archie Bunker. Funny, but fatal. In the westerns of old time, preachers didn't even know how to put their collar on. And if they did, they portrayed him as an elbow gantry who was loose in his morals. There is an agenda in America to ruin the family, to ruin the church. And to completely tear at the grassroots of our Christian culture. Now that's free. didn't cost you a thing. But that was worth everything you put in the offering today. Look in your Bible, if you please, to the book of Acts, chapter number 2. I want you to look at just 
verse 1. And like I say, I, I really asked myself this question this week, and I, I think it's a pertinent question for the hour. Is my presence on this earth meaningful? To the God who put me here, to the family that God gave me, and to the ministry God called me into, and to myself as a complete person. That's a deep question, I think. I think it's one that many of us need to ask ourselves. What's this all about? Dear God, I'm glad I found out it was more than tool and die making. I'm glad I found out that there's something better than rooster fighting. Just a hobby. You said, well, my hobby's not as bad as your hobby. You might ought to ask God about that. Meanful membership. Daddy, what do you mean to your family? Grandfather, are you meaningful to the grandkids that God has placed in your life? Meaningful. Verse 1. I, it's already getting too serious. Some of you are not liking this. <laughs> and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. Boy, we need to hear something from heaven. America needs to hear something from heaven. Hurting hearts need to hear something from heaven. Disappointed job participants needs to hear something from heaven. As a sound of a mighty Russian wind. See, now I've got an excuse for being windy up here. (laughs) And it filled the house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. And they were all amazed 
and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, is not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in his own tongue or language wherein we were born? Now jump over if you would please. Peter stands up and preaches a tremendous message that day. Verse 41, if you would please in your Bible, look at this now. And please let it be known that this is the only church in existence at the time. It's the only one Jesus started. He did not start denominationalisms or abominationisms. He started the church of the Lord Jesus. And the Bible said, and they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Something has happened. From A.D. 33, when this crowd met, and 2012, when this crowd meets. It is a statistical statistical truth that if you want to have 200 in Sunday school and church, you've got to have 450 on membership roll. So that means if we have our six or seven hundred, that means we've got to have twelve hundred or fifteen hundred on the membership roll. Something is not very meaningful about being a member. The danger of a welfare state is that it produces unprofitable citizens. About four and a half million are on the welfare rolls in America. Majority of them are healthier than I am. Not as good looking, but healthier. A welfare state is defined as citizens living off the government. Naturally, when we see somebody getting a free ride, it's only human nature that we would want to 
get in the cab with them. And so we naturally want a bite of the pie. But the pie is getting smaller. And the biters are getting mad. It's only a matter of time before that nation that has become a welfare state has just got to bite the dust. My question is, don't somebody need to go to work? It kind of reminds me of those pyramid, for a better word, marketing techniques. If it were not in public, I'd call it a pyramid scam. Amway. I became a wealthy man in Amway. When I started the cemetery, they told me that if I'd sign up in Amway, I wouldn't have to work while I was going to school. Do I look that dumb? I was. I signed up at this level. And I went broke at that level. (laughs) But the promise is that you sign up somebody and they work just a little and they sign up somebody and they work just a little and they sign up some more somebodies until everybody in that little pyramid, everybody gets rich. My question is, don't somebody... Have to work. We're having fun now. Come on. And we've all adapted this welfare mentality. And I asked myself the question, how did... America as a nation get this way. And I just wrote down two words. Socialistic politicians. Then I said to myself, where were these socialist politicians trained? Surely. Those take it from everybody to give it to everybody. Surely they were not trained in America. They must have gone to Russia, read China, Argentina, or maybe Cuba and got their education. Who says, let's just put me in office and I will give you everything you want. Couldn't have been educated in America. Especially in him <laughs> or oh me. In reality, all that has happened in America 
is lying politicians has bought our votes. On this idea of everything should be free. I think they've sold us a bill of good. Because if you vote for them, they'll give you free food stamps. They'll not only give you free food stamps, they'll give you free college tuition. They'll not only give you free college tuition, they will give you free public education. And they will give you free health care. And they will give you free lunches at school. And they will provide free child care for you ladies who would rather be professional as biblical. And they will ridicule you ladies who wants to raise a family. And they'll debate you and they will demise you because you want to do what God says And they'll call you out of step with society. Could I ask you a question? Where does all this free come from? As of today, you're paying in the wonderful land of Texas about 49 cent tax on your gasoline. It has been estimated that you work from January to mid-June to pay your taxes. While a segment of the society is getting a free ride. I don't know if that's democracy or not. But I, I just, these things, and I read a statement this week, and I, I wonder why it was made. Most of you are familiar with the statement. I will not have to mention the president who said that, but probably you will know the statement. Ask not what your country can do for you. But ask what you can do for your country. You, 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 you know who said that. Have you ever asked yourself why John F. Kennedy said that? Because he knew that a nation who was on welfare and had to manufactured a citizenry that expects everything for nothing, a free ride. I deserve it. He knew that a nation with that philosophy could not stand. And he said, this nation is in need of people who will not cop out and say, I won't feed me, bless me, but somebody who'll say, I have something to offer this nation. 
Could it be possible that this philosophy has crept in to the Joshua Baptist Church? Now, the church is going to have to do one or two things. It's going to have to give in or stand up. A church is either going to bow down to that citizenry or to that philosophy and change everything just to suit that gimme atmosphere and attitude and change along as you change with a culture. And the church has to adapt that mentality. Or somebody's going to get mad when the check don't show up. Is that how you want me to say that? (laughs) You get mad. This is a cat to get mad at. He just admitted it. Now listen to me. As I drive downtown Fort Worth, And I turn right. And I go down the old West Division. and I forget what it's called now by the rescue mission. And I drive by scores of meaningless citizenry of America. Not unwanted Not loved, but meaningless. Sleeping in trash cans. Selling their souls and their bodies. All because of a culture that has gone awry. And has begun to multiply itself. And educate educators to educate other educators to be meaningless. Who would like more than anybody in the world, any individual own in creation, who would like for this church to become like that? Meaningless. With no purpose. No goals, no dreams, no aspirations of betterment. Just satisfied to come and find your place and die. Is it possible, I ask you today, that America's welfare philosophy... It's crept in to the Lord's church. Yes, sir. Just, just ask you, and I didn't want to make anybody mad. This welfare mentality might be described as, I'm here, now bless me. Feed me. Appease me. Marry me. 
bury me and lie about how I lived at my funeral. Is this all Christianity is about? Is this the totality of our Christianity? This service may not be enjoyable, but I hope it will be meaningful. Not M-E-A-N, mean, but meaningful. What What a meaningless existence. Do you know that if you raise a person to expect everybody giving, if they don't get, they get mad. Has this mentality slipped into our church? I don't get what I want. And you don't play ball like I want to play. I'll take my bat and my ball and I'll go home. See, we were poor kids. We didn't have bats and balls. But there's some kids in town that did. So we had to play by the rules. Look, if you think I'm playing by the devil's rule, you fell out of your out of your tree. There ain't but one man's rule goes here and that's the Lord's rule. This old mentality of just bless me and feed me. Looking for a church of my choice. Did you ever consider God's choice? This week, Fellow staggers into my office. Now, staggers, that's literal, not far drunk. He just happened into my office. He'd been to four churches. We was the only one to talk to him. I asked him if he was saved. He died right now. Does he know what he goes? No, he don't know that. Brian Cohn was there. I said, Brian, won't you take this guy and show him how to be saved? Brian took him, show him how to be saved. He came back to my office. I said, do you need any money? Do you need anything? He said, no, man, I got everything I need. I just got saved. Amen. Brian went to see him yesterday. He went to the cowboy church. <laughs> Why didn't he go there and ride that stag into Jesus before he came into our church? Oh, he's going with a Going with a sister who goes to the cowboy church. I wonder why the sister didn't lead him to Christ. Do you even care that your church cares about eternal souls? I talked to Rod just now. He said, preacher, I won somebody to Christ yesterday. Out soul winning. 
I talked to Jay Ford just before I came to the pulpit. He said, preacher, I was privileged to lead a 17-year-old boy to Christ on my bus route a while ago. Does that matter to you? I want to just take the text for just a minute. I, I don't feel like going very far. I want to show you this text. Meaningful membership. I want to first of all talk about their interest. Secondly, the involvement. Thirdly, their intensity. I think... Church membership ought to involve your interest. Notice verse number one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I like that, don't you? I watched last night the Rangers. 49,000. 197 folk showed up to watch them chase that ball around the field. Now, why in the world do you think 49,197 folks all got together over yonder in the ballpark? Why do you think they did that? They're interested in the baseball. And why do you think that on Sunday night, the ballpark is sold out? It might be because somebody is more interested in the baseball. Say, why are you sitting down? Keep from falling down. I'm not interested in falling down. Would you say to be a meaningful member, there ought to be at least a little interest in attending when we meet? I watched the Mavericks. I'm not near as interested in the Mavericks today as I am what's going on tonight at the ballpark. I merely say this to let you see interest is very significant to meanfulness. Whether it's in a family, in a church, or a member of the United States of America. Interest. It seems like Christians today are just interested in their own ball game. In their own thing. We've adapted this welfare mentality all about me. 
But as I look in verse 1, I see everybody in one place, one accord. I wonder what they're interested in. Why is everybody in the upper room? Why have they been there 10 days now? Why have they been there praying and seeking the face of God? They're waiting, if you please. They're wanting, if you please. They're watching, if you please. They're watching and waiting for a God thing. If you come to church looking for a God thing, instead of a welfare thing. I'm here now, bless me. If you want to keep me here, you keep blessing me. Keep appeasing me. Dear God, membership in God's church ought to be more than that. I don't have time. If you would, please, just look at the text. I want you to look at some descriptive terms, if you would, please. Look at verse 4. They were all filled. Verse 6. They were all confounded. Verse 7. They were all amazed. Verse 7. They were all marveled. Man, ain't that good? I said, are you here? Oh yeah, verse 12. And they were all amazed. Verse 41, and 3,000 folk got saved. I don't know, somehow or another, I think to a Christian that ought to be more, more important than Josh's batting average. Are you Darvish curve fastball? Or change up. But same or another. We ain't got 49,000 here today. Something happened. Interest has changed. When I was a young'un, they used to come to the elementary school and say, Now, everybody, we're having revival during the daytime. All you kids that want to go, you're free to go to the revival and not hurt your school. Wouldn't have hurt my school anyhow. <laughs> I'm just glad I was there the day they said we was having a revival. How many kids down at Joshua had that heard? Have you heard that lately that we're having a revival and your kids can go to a revival? Oh, no, Really? Why is it when the Dalai Lama comes to America, we'll bust our kids? We'll bust our school kids who are getting free education. We'll bust our kids to hear the Dalai Lama. I wonder if they'd let Billy Graham in. What if they'd bust kids to hear me? Oh, that's free education. 
Oh, that's the one now that has the curriculum called social justice. I wonder what that is, social justice. Well, must be good, it's free. But somebody has to work. Now, I want to ask you something. As you listen to me preach, what's your interest? Well, you know what time it starts. Meaningful membership has to be motivated by interest in what's going on. Can I give you this? Meaningful membership necessitates involvement. The definition of member means a necessary part of the whole. That's free. I found it in Webster's this morning. A necessary or distinct or an essential part of the whole. So if you are a member of your family, you are a necessary, essential part of the whole. If you're a member of this church, that makes you a necessary, essential part of the whole. Have you ever seen... That's a stupid question. Have you ever watched a newborn baby laying on its back come into this world toothless, naked, and selfish? Lay that little varmint on its back there, just a couple of days old. It's got all the members it's ever going to get. But it don't know it. And they, after a while, some muscles begin to react and act. And this flies in front of her face. And then they discover a mouth. And with supersonic speed, as if ordained in the hand of God, that hand makes a swift movement toward yonder mouth. And that kid buries everything it's got from its elbow to its fingertip in its mouth. Somehow or another, I don't think that's where God meant it to be. And then after a few days, them things down there at the bottom starts moving, kicking around. And they look and they say, woo-hoo-hoo, mobility. (laughs) And it ain't long till that thing laying there with all of its members, but none of them working or realized 
till it is crawling all over the house. You say, what's this got to do with this? 1 Corinthians 12 said, as the body is one and hath many members, so also is Christ. Now, I've known Philip two or three days. I've only seen him walk around with his hand in his mouth two or three times. Aren't you glad that babies finally discover what the members are for. Do you think maybe the church is in infancy stage and a lot of members don't know what they're in the body for yet? What's even worse, the members don't care and there's no interest That God put the body together and members are to be involved in the success, in the protection, in the growth of the whole. My arm, if it will not work is meaningless to my body. The eyes that will not see, the ear that will not hear is meaningless to my body because membership by definition, means essential to the whole. I appreciate funerals with more noise than this. Would you ask your question, yourself the question I asked me this week? Am I meanful in a God kind of way to my kids, to you as my parishioners, as a member of this church, on its mission given to it by Christ? Is my life meaningful to the mission of our church? I bet you're glad it's time for me to shut up. Now what has happened to our nation is this kind of preaching has had to go by the way of a new term that they substituted for communism, socialism, and liberalism. 
progressive. Everybody who is liberal is progressive. Everybody that wants a new translation. Everybody that wants new methodology. Everybody wants new singing. Everybody who wants everything. Bless me. Or I'll be mad. Bless me. Welfare. Mentality. Not meaningful. Just mean. I close. Not only their interests. They were all one court, one place. Not only their involvement... Verse 44, and all that believed were together and all things common. But I noticed their intensity. That's a good word. Our Lord said, whatsoever the hand findeth to do, do it with what? I like that. Has any of you ever heard of Lamar Oldham? Last year, he was the sixth man of the year. That meant he was the most productive man off the bench than any NBA player in all the league last year. Sixth man of the year. He come to Dallas and they nicknamed him Lamb Lamb. I'd hate to be a Christian and be called lamb, lamb. I watched him play. He reminded me a lot of independent Baptist church members. He knew how to play. He had all the gifts and talent to play. Ask him to show you his championship rings. Because he's got them. But he developed a welfare mentality. It's all about me. And not about the team. Watch him as he lopes up and down the basketball court. With no interest to win. With no involvement in the team. Wearing his feelings on his shoulder. Lacks of intensity. Eight million dollar. Welfare case. I saw him with his backpack on his back. As... The Dallas Mavericks sent him back to California. Meaningless. Eight million dollars worth of meaningless. That's probably him calling me, wanting me to be his agent. So get that phone. I'd like to have a part of that eight million. (laughs) Amen.
I told somebody to set the clock when I was supposed to be done. And I thank you so very much. Question. Doesn't somebody need to go to work? Doesn't somebody need to step up the plate with an interest in a God thing? Not a gene thing. Not your thing. But step up to the plate and be a part of a God thing. And ever how you can or ever how you would desire to get involved with some intensity, bless your heart. I close with verse 41. A membership that is interested in the things of God and a membership that is involved in the things of God and a membership that is intense on what God wants done. Go and preach the gospel. Notice 3,000 folks got saved. And baptized. Dear God. Don't somebody. Need to go. To work.